So you guys are all part of a group together, production team, I guess you could say, Soul Rocka. And uh, so we have Rockwell on the phone, 12 Finger Dan, and Boogie Down Bass. So uh, two of you guys, 12 Finger Dan and Boogie Down, you you were already in a group together, Soul Brother. So how did you guys end up working together? Whose idea was it to do this project? Well, we know each other for a long time. We met in the mid-90s. And since then, we were just, uh, yeah, always, we had always a connection through through the producing and through the DJing and all of that stuff. And I think it was in 2003 when we decided just to bring back the soul and hip hop. And that's why we formed uh, the crew Soul Brother. So that's Ives and myself. But it's not only we two, because we were thinking like anybody that has the same philosophy like we do, and the same love for, for that soulful hip-hop and for soul and funk in general is always our soul brother so it's like a it's like an open community it's not the soul brothers boogie down bass and 12 finger dan it's just the project soul brother and everything that is involved and everybody that is just like uh like we both and likewise anybody else out there can be our soul brother if he's mm-hmm. like uh, you know has has the same uh, state of mind like we do, you you so, asking, Frank, you asking how we work together a little bit. Uh, so so we don't we don't really work together. It's like so for my so I can explain it like we are like a, a graffiti crew, okay? And 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 much graffiti crews they 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 share the work, but so but if the people are in in the same mood, they come together and uh, build a group. And that's like soul brothers. So, so Dan doing his, his beats, I do my beats, and but we're in the same mood. We're in the same. We we look into the same, um, yeah, same direction. That 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 uh, that makes uh, soul brother us both of us to the soul brother. I think yeah. at, at first uh, it it uh, sounds like a contradiction, but we uh, we we bring in like the in, the the yeah. The word internet group <laughs> like <laughs> we're bringing it back to the 90s because actually we uh most of the time we're just connected uh, via whatsapp email or phone and um, we're working on the projects together like we put all the beats in one box and then send them out and whatever gets picked um uh, uh, will be realized and so um yeah we're kind of an internet group but in the best sense because we as Dan already said we bring it back to the soulful hip hop. So, but we are using mo- the mo- modern technology to do so. Right. So, would you? Whose idea would you say was it to do this album together? Did it just come to? I don't know. Basically, who had the idea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I think maybe Dan, because uh, you did the cuts on one of my projects. I think we spoke about that. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I think it was like, yeah, I was asking you to do some cuts for me uh, for my last album, Still Loving Boom Bap. Right. Uh, and I think yes. then we, we discussed it the first time. And then a few months later, we just followed up. And then I think uh, we just uh, started it. Yeah. Yeah, it might was like this. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I really can't remember. I mean, it's just a few years ago, but uh, I, s- I really don't have an idea how, how we just ended up coming together. But it was it was a great thing. I mean, we just 
joint forces. We all have the same uh, philosophy when it comes to hip hop and sampling in general and and all of that same uh, boom bap type stuff that we do. And it's a perfect fit. Yeah. yeah so a, for for example, if 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 uh, if Rockwell will be a really nice fucking nice dude and we doing a lot of things together, but he will he will producing stuff trap stuff or electronic music then okay no it's that's no chance to to create this group so rocker right so we how long would you guys say you were working on this project do you have any idea two years something like that yeah right? something like that's two years yeah yeah i mean uh, some of my beats were already in the stash so i was just you know uh, collecting beats for i don't know maybe half a year before we started that project And when it came to that, I was just, you know, open up, I just opened up my stash and grabbed some beats that were already there. So it was a pretty fast process when it comes to picking up the right beats from my so, perspective. Um, would you say everyone worked on every song on the album? There's, uh, I believe, nine songs in an intro. So would you say all three you contributed to every song? Yeah, bass. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we work as a single producer, but, uh, but we we share and in the, in the whole process we we share the we share the process. This is the most important thing. So be far away. We're not uh, me and Dan. We will live 30, 40 kilometers away. But me, we and Rockwell, this is 800 kilometers. But we have the internet. We have the phone. We have WhatsApp. But this this is the most important thing. That's a, we we respect uh, each other's work, but we we share we share the process, the steps we do, and then we we find a solution. If somebody has to say, "Oh, that's that's cool," this, or it's not not so cool, and maybe we we this is a it's it's not we sit we don't sit in, together in the studio, and, and so but but it it works with uh, with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. When and, when it comes to the beats, that's what Basis uh, wants to tell wants to tell everybody out there that we, I mean, we are we are a trio and we are a duo as a soul brother, a trio as a so, as a uh, as a formation soul rocker. But we all do the beats all by ourselves. And when it comes to the scratches, that's when we open up things because Rockwell, he's he's not a DJ like we do. He's uh, uh, just a in quotation, just a producer. <laughs> and uh, we all we also wanted to have some dope scratches on his beats as well. So that's why we just, uh, you know, uh, started to open things up. And Bass and myself, we just did some scratches over Rockwell's beats for that album as well. Okay, so I wasn't sure if just Dan was the DJ, but you both, uh, you and Bass both DJ then. Right, yes, we both do that, do that, yes. Okay. So I And maybe wondering... Rockwell one day, I don't know, maybe he will start to become <laughs> a DJ as well. I don't know. Yeah, we are, we are open for criticism. But, so <laughs> yeah, if, so, I can do but... the... Or maybe, but that's... So we, that's we, we, we know the whole DJ scene. And when if, if some MC is asking for scratches or something like this, and okay, we, we can do it and we do something, then... Okay, we have the feedback. Oh, oh, it's cool, it's cool. Oh, it's not as cool. But we, it's, it's, it's. Um, we're in a good mood to share our criticism for for good way. So, how far is the drive for you guys um, away from each other? I know uh, two of you live in the same same city. It looks like. 
Right. Yes. Basically, me. Well, base. He used to live in Hamburg. Uh, uh, I live in Hamburg. Still live in Hamburg. And he used to live here. He was born here. I'm not born here, but I've been living here for over 40 years now. And he moved. I don't know, like five or six years ago. He just moved um, away from Hamburg, but still in in a kind of suburb of Hamburg. And it's about uh, 35 or 40 kilometers away from here. So it's about uh, it's about a 45 minute or one hour ride. And um, yeah, as far as Rockwell goes, he just lives in Munich. So that's like 800 kilometers away. He lives in the south of Germany and we live in the north. So is that like yeah, an all day uh, drive? Pretty, uh, well, it's like a seven, eight hours yeah. drive. Yeah. Yeah. We yes. don't use kilometers here. So it, it sounds like it's kind yeah, of use miles. Yeah. Use miles, right? Yeah. So it's, it's 500, like, uh, five, 500, 550 miles yeah. or so about. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, like not, it's not like yeah. okay, I come. Oh, oh it's cool, nice. I, 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 I take a ride and come to visit us. It's not easy. <laughs> but that's yeah. a, the difference is, uh, is between <laughs> Europeans and uh, the states. Like uh, I always hear Americans like, oh, eight hours. I'll be there for breakfast. Like for German, it's like a day. <laughs> it's like a day trip because the dimensions and uh, are so much bigger uh, in the states than in Germany. So yeah. for for us it's like a, a day trip, man. If we have to go there, it's like maybe we we stay overnight. And I know some American friends like, okay, no problem. We start like in the morning and be back in the evening. <laughs> right. So have you guys spent any time in the U.S.? Oh yeah, we, uh, base and myself, we just we were in New York City. I, I think for like four five or six times or even seven times not sure how, how, how many visits base did already but yeah and it was a crazy time every time we went to new york city to that um yeah to the boogie down it was a it was an unbelievable trip is that all for just shows or interviews or just to make music yeah, it was. I, I mean, we, we just combined it. We just we just had our holidays there. We just met some people. And um, yeah, we always had a great time. We were also able to to visit a lot of our heroes and uh, make video shootings. Or uh, we were just like the first German artists ever who were on uh, DJ Premier's Live from Headquarters show. I think we went there twice or three times. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And uh, I hope we can just come back one day. How about and you, have Another great time. Uh, I've been in the States uh, several times too, but it was like rather in the 90s as a young kid. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been uh, there for making music, to be honest, just like tourists. But I, I, I met some some guys uh, I knew from, from music, but uh, it was like rather holiday trip. Uh, but in the future, I definitely plan to go over and um, connect with so many people. Uh, for example, just in, in New York, they're, they're, they're like 20 and maybe uh, also to for like a video shoot or something like that, but um, not yet. Yeah. So growing up, was there a lot of uh, like legends that came and did shows over in Germany that you remember or that you went to? Definitely. Oh, yes, there were a lot of the yeah, there were a lot of legends. I mean, when when we were younger, uh, it wasn't that much like. Uh, like a concert thing going on like it was like in the last 20 years 
and it was mm -hmm. always a highlight. Like when every time when a when a big name, when a when a big hip hop artist was on tour in Europe, uh, of course you you would just you, you had to be there, and you met so many people, so many homeboys and friends that were always there. And uh, since hip hop became so big at the end of the '90s and the beginning of the 2000s. Uh, it was a, I mean, it was a worldwide thing. So it was not even Europe, because uh, Asia was a big spot. South America was a big spot, and it still is a big spot for for a lot of underground artists. Not even for the mainstream mm. uh, hip hop artists or big names in the in the hip hop industry. And uh, yeah, I'm, and I have to say, I I already seen, I would say like ninety percent of the legends. That I grew up with, uh, I've seen them live on stage performing, either at a concert or at a, a festival. Wow. Yeah, same, same, same goes for me. But uh, I still remember like seeing Gangstar in the '90s uh, in Munich. That was still a crazy uh, experience back in the days. And I mean, uh, for example, like, there are a lot of American underground artists that live in Germany. For example, Ari the Rugged Man. Uh, or I think uh, Jared the Damager, and so uh, for example, shows with them are really common over here. Mm. But there are still yeah. uh, many other underground legends, and even like the big artists. I mean, I think Europe is like for many of the underground uh, MCs uh, is maybe one of the biggest markets because I always have the impression that in the states it's like more the new hype shit, like different like modern kind of yeah electronic beat style and um we have a lot of fans of like the 90s style hip-hop over here so uh but maybe that's just my impression my personal impression no it seems about right i mean on the american side there's i mean the young kids they listen to a lot of um i guess you could say mumble rap and like really pop rap music unfortunately but um Is there any albums or like anything in particular growing up that made you want to get into music, whether it was a friend or anyone around you putting out music that comes to mind? Yeah, for me, it was uh, well, it was like friends that I was hanging out, you know, I basically I'm from Ro Romania. So I moved to Germany when I was five years old. And when it when I when I came to Germany, there was the big breakdancing scene in the on the beginning of the 80s. And so the whole hip hop thing just started over here in Germany as well, becoming bigger and bigger. But it was still it was it was still a small hip hop scene. And so my bigger brother, he just he just brought some some records home when he was record shopping, because back in the 80s, of course, record shopping was a was a natural thing. Mm -hmm. And um, some friends in school, they they were just listening to hip hop music and it was all was all over the, the place. So and um, yeah, I, I was listening up to. I don't know, to cruise like uh, EPMD and all that stuff like NWA, uh, Big Daddy Kane, Kooji Rap, all these guys from the Juice Crew, they were they were really huge. Well, in my in my uh, school class back then, so <laughs> and that's where my first uh, that's where my first uh, hip hop um, impressions came came from. Actually, mine were like uh, with 11 years, I bought the uh, bought the Public Enemy tape. Uh, at a big uh, record store, uh, but at that time that was still a little bit too crazy sound-wise for me. It just tried because uh, friends of mine they listened to it, but 
uh, it didn't really click for me. But a few years later, then um, um, just four years later, when the uh, Wu Tang album Thirty Six Chambers came out, then then I was hooked. But I was still listening to also like skate punk and like guitar music. But um, like 95, 96, then I was totally hooked because there was so much dope stuff coming out uh, in the mid 90s. And then I was just a uh, 100% uh, rap listener, actually. Uh, it appears we lost bass, but um, I was just going to ask him that same question. Maybe he'll pop back on in a second. Right, yeah. Um, maybe one of you guys can text him or something. But... Um, is there anyone in Germany that was rapping back then or making music just in general, making beats that, that um, really stood out to you guys or, or that you feel like was a pioneer? Of course, like I would say like in any country you have, you have always pioneers that, um, that started pretty early with hip hop uh, in general in their country. And of course we, we had a lot of pioneers that we were listening up to and some of them or a lot of them are still doing that thing. I mean, they're, they're, they're still here. They're still uh, making music or just be became DJs and doing shows and all of that stuff. And over here, well, from my, from my perspective, so when I grew up with that hip hop thing, like in the mid eighties or late eighties in that, in that era. So I'm, I'm for more from that golden era, like in the eight, like in the late eighties. Right. And, we don't i mean we had rappers but but we didn't have that many rappers that were that were doing that thing on german so they were not rapping on german a lot of stuff was still rapping in english so a lot of mcs from germany during that era were rapping on english hmm. and the same thing uh, and i i did the same thing so i started rapping in uh, i would say 92 91 92 <laughs> i wrote my first rhymes uh, so as a Romanian immigrant on uh, on English, because uh, the whole German thing, it just started a few years after that. So 92 and 93, a lot of German um, artists, they came up uh, to the to the scene. And it's a pity that Baze is not in that call uh, right, right now at the moment, because he's one of those pioneers as well. And he started pioneering. Yes, for rapping as well. Well, he was he was not a not a classic rapper. I mean, he can rap, but he was a producer and a DJ from a crew. Uh, it's called the uh, Rheinbanditen, and they were called before Rhyme Bandits. So that's the trans trans translation. They they started with English rhyming as well, because we we didn't have that role model, and it was not really a trend or it was not a big thing <clears throat> to rap in German. So that's why, yeah, everybody was just rhyming on English and. After that, so a few years later, so it just became usual to rap on German. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's definitely one of those German hip hop pioneers. Wow. So and it looks, uh, Rockwell, I thought I saw you rap too for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a rapper too in the 90s. We had a, we had a crew and we, we were actually, um, um, we had a pretty cool release. So we're like release of the month in a big German magazine, uh, which, which is called Juice Magazine. Um, but then, um, yeah, I kind of lost interest, uh, be, and, and I always thought like, uh, the German thing is very limited. So, um, actually as a rapper, I didn't really have any, uh, any more, um, yeah, will to go further. And then I tried, tried out making beats and 
um maybe as dan said because when we grew up uh most of the rap was like english rap so i still yeah um here like 90 percent english rap although there's a lot of dope german releases uh nowadays but maybe this is the reason we or just myself i mostly feature um um uh, english uh english or uh, american rappers um but yeah, so my reason to to quit rapping was like um, I just I think I wasn't like I don't didn't know what to rap about anymore. Like you were kind of burnt out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went I still, <laughs> like felt the whole hip hop thing, and I loved like beats and um, loved music. So I decided to just make beats and um, yeah, still be part of the the whole thing. All right, so bass is back on. Um, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So, uh, well, I was just asking these guys if they remember anyone um, kind of being a pioneer in Germany for rapping and who they first heard. And um, Dan was mentioning you were a big influence with the rapping. Ryan Bandits. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm a former one of the, I think one of the first native german rap groups in, in germany or in the north definitely definitely in the north of, uh, northern side of germany so it called uh, rhyme bandit was in, in english rhyme bandits um it was we we start like every true every rap band in germany we we start uh, with uh, with the english language and, but we yeah so we have to we we, we saw okay with this there's no there's no way to 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 uh, rock in, in in english so we have to we have to switch to the german language this is our mother language we can we can uh, explain everything better so in, in the in the early 90s it was very very important it was 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 in the 91 92 was a very important thing to change everything to change the whole structure and culture mm -hmm. so was the, the first step to be yeah to, to be to be a own own scene so. now is there um any albums that dropped in Germany, like that you guys feel like are classics, maybe to people that are from there that people in the U.S. might not know about? Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there are a few records, of course, that uh, they had a big influence, and of course, a big um, like they they just made made it happen so that other people could start. I mean, forming their crews. And making hip hop in general, just making making records, and there are a few. I mean, like crews like LSD. You got crews like Advanced Chemistry, or uh, Stieber Twins, Reim Reimbanditen, uh, the Fantastischen Vier. There were just like some some bigger names in that industry, like the uh, the Fantastischen Vier. So like the Fantastic Four. So it's translated. They were just influenced a little bit by the Fantastic Four. And they became really, really huge uh, in the hip hop scene or in music in general. They were not like the like the more classic hip hop style that a lot of other crews were doing. They were just like more into like mainstream hip hop. So in '92, they they just they had some some big hits uh, in that in their in their charts. And uh, since then, they became super huge. And uh, yeah, but still a lot of other dope artists and dope 
dope crews that were uh, hanging around during that time and doing that thing and of course it was a big influence for everybody in that scene and just like i like i uh, like i told you before the hip-hop scene it wasn't that huge like it is now nowadays i mean we, we, we're just talking about 91 92 93 so the hip-hop scene was very very small and we just we just knew each other and the crews where were like i don't know like we had like 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 10 big hip-hop crews or like 10 big hip-hop artists where everybody was ref ref referring to and of course a lot of dope other crews that were just not i mean not on that big scene like uh, like these crews from that time but and yeah. le let me add something i think uh in the 90s it was i mean nowadays everything like happens almost uh, at the same time in parallel because we have the internet but back in the days um i think like uh, german rap like uh, rap in german language like really got big 96 97 uh with like absolute beginner with uh, semi deluxe massive töne freundeskreis and i think um in the states like there's this kind of like beginning from 93 i think Uh, it went really huge, but I think back in the days it was like there was a still a little delay, in my opinion, before it really got big in German language. Uh, it was pretty popular before, and I I listened to to German rap like uh, from '93 on too, but I think it really got big like after '95. Or what what do you guys think, Dan and Bass? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the crews that that I was talking about or that I was referring to, they just came from the from the beginning of the '90s or from the late '80s, and crews like uh, like LSD with the Watch Out for the Third Ray. I think that they came out in, I don't know, '91. I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but that that was just really like more pioneering stuff. Of course, these these crews and artists that that you mentioned that were like from '97, '98, from that I would say from that not the golden era, but more like the boom bap era in uh, Germany. That is something that yeah, just it has its its own its own state of mind. I would say, but uh, I think Craig he just he just asked about like the real pioneering. Yeah, from the from the if, if if we if we talk from the scratch, then we we met them guys. We met the other crews, not from from records or CDs or something like that. But we met them on on hip hop parties, hip hop jams. So we we it, it, it was a for us by us thing. So from from day one, so we so we, every every crew has his fan base, but we all act there was a, in the in the audience we we, we were all act, active uh, mcs djs writers the whole hip-hop community come together and 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 share the moments uh, this this was a real pioneer stuff the hip-hop jams was really important to to create the hip-hop scene in germany mm -hmm. so you guys all rapped for a little bit it sounds like and then um how long did it take you guys um when you got into producing before people started to take notice and um you know your beats started to get pretty popular well for me it was like a transition so i started rapping in english and when the whole german rapping thing became bigger <laughs> i started to to rap on german and after that i was um i was just interested in uh just you know expanding the whole hip-hop thing because i mean for a lot of people hip-hop is just rapping so they don't even care about the other elements and 
right. as I started to realize that it, I mean it's a it's a big cultural thing. It's a it's a it's a great culture where you can just explore and where you where, where you can just express yourself in so many different ways. So I started to be you know like interesting in DJing and producing, and when it just all came together, I was realizing okay so. I had this rapping thing for a while. Now I was, you know, talking about everything that that I, where I felt I need to, uh, um, I need to do my rhymes for it. So um, I started to quit rapping and just focusing on DJing and producing. And of course, if you, I mean, if you just DJ for eight hours every day because you're just fascinating, of course you get you get skills. The same thing with with beats. I mean, if you if you have a if you have a certain talent. And you practice a lot, and you do a lot of beats. Of course, your first beats they don't might they don't might sound that good like like you wanted them to sound. Right. But if you if you keep on, if you if you stick on, and you have that passion, then of course you will, uh, yeah, you just uh, you just get good good results. Yeah. Uh, Rockwell, you you're there, right? You're yes. Again. I'm I'm here. Oh yeah, damn. There he is. Uh, no, oh, he's good. coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. Just do the best you can, I guess. Unknown problem with my phone. Yeah. So, um, what do you think, Bass? Were you, were you uh, making beats for a while before people started to really like your music, or did it catch on pretty quick? No, I started, my, my first steps was in my, my in, yeah, in my, Child room with, yeah, with <laughs> really old school sampling or with reel to reel tapes and old synthesizers. And uh, that was the first baby steps of producing on the old drum computer stuff uh, without any thinking about oh, I will be a superstar, mega producer, or something. I was, I was interested in things I saw on. Uh, yeah, on, on movies like Beat Street or Wildstyle, and I, I like to reproducing and without any ideas what's going on there. So this was a it was step by step learning uh, learning things, and yeah, it, it it was a period of five years. So we we I, I started in '87 producing beats. My first, first, very first steps producing beats, '87. My first, we had, we had our, the first crew. Uh, I formed my first rap crew in '89, and then it, it took three years. Three years ago, '92, well, we we um, we was in touch with a major label. So this is, but this was the time in '92, '93 in Germany. It was. The, the 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 labels and the, the record labels and the major labels it's it's uh, yeah it was a feeling like a gold rush back in the days like maybe in the in the eighties and in America what yeah and you, you just well? have to remember that that base I mean base was on the same uh, major record label on Polydor records like the like this Godfather of Soul James Brown so he was on the same level that's crazy. <laughs> So do you guys use a lot of the same um, production uh, production um, equipment that you used back then, or have you just completely gone with the new technology? For me, for me, it's a it's a good mixture. So I, I'm using uh, the computer a lot for mixing and mastering and uh, recording. 
but I have my good old lady, the EMU, EMU SP1200 uh, beside me. I using uh, yeah a lot, but it's a good 50-50% mix. But I'm I'm really fast. I'm really fast for my first sketches, my first ideas. I do everything with with a computer. So this is um, this is a time management. Is uh, yeah, I'm. This is it's not it's um, yeah. I do them beside my normal job, doing music. Um, it, it's it's fine for me to using a, a computer for for have a, a fast result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say like same for me. I use a lot of vintage stuff back in the days a lot of hardware sampling and uh, mixers and all of that stuff a lot of outboard gear so my my setup right now is pretty it's just shrunk down like to the sp1200 the same machine that bbase is using and the mpc 2500 that i use now uh, i have several mpcs in my stash like the 1000 or like the mpc 500 as a backup plan but that's basically the same stuff that I'm using. So, uh, I mean, uh, I like all that com computer stuff without a doubt. So I really love all those plugins that is helping you out in several situations. But when it comes to producing, I still use those old machines because I know where I have to, you know, turn the knob to make it sound like that. And yeah. that's what so, I want so to I don't achieve know. I, my I'm, sound. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rockwell, but so I think if you came from the old stuff, from the old gear, from the outboard gear, I think you have a, there, there's a, you, as a producer or a beat maker, beat smurf, you have a, all, a, it's another mind state about the um, whole stuff. So I think it's easier if you have turned the knobs in old, like the old days, it's easier to curate, create stuff or understand what goes on there so I, I know a lot of people um, download a whole bunch of, of plugins and uh, turn the knobs without any idea what what, what the heck they do there <laughs> yeah it's, so it's totally totally different my approach is I started making beats in 2008 um, so I started digitally actually but I'm, I'm sampling everything as well but uh, my um, yeah my kind of how I do my beats uh, is totally different compared to bass and done. Um, and we've discussed that uh, within uh, other interviews uh, as well, but it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, we have totally different approaches, but uh, like the outcome uh, is the same. It's like the soulful hip hop. But um, I started actually in a time when everything uh, was easier for me to be digital um, as I have a day job too. I need to to get my yeah, time management uh, together, and um, I totally I'm I'm a big fan of the old machines. And one day I guess I will buy uh, myself uh, an MPC as well. I'm just using like the MPD pads, um, um, but this is just like uh, like a keyboard, uh, for example. Um, and not the machine itself that can that is a standalone workstation but um yeah right now i'm still trying to be as fast as possible because i have a a, a child and family and day job um so maybe for the future but um uh, i think it's really cool that we have like uh, yeah we we created an album um like which has like a feeling that goes in one direction but uh one third of the group is totally working in a different way. So, 
Yeah, it's like it's, it's, uh, different eras, you could say. Yeah, different, but it's, different times that you guys came up, kind of. I mean, this is also right. too, but I feel this like you guys also, are all around the same age. Yeah, it's also important that that, that the people, the producer, are nothing get, not not to get lost in the hype, in equipment hype. So find find a way. If if you are if you're 20 years old or 50 years old, 52 like me. Maybe I, I have found my way, and everybody has to find their their way. So to to making beats not fast as possible, but best as possible. So yeah, yeah. And the most important thing is we don't judge anybody for what type of equipment they use. I mean, you just have to find the the thing, the whole thing that is just uh, that suits you, and that fits perfectly. Um, Rockwell, for instance, he's just rocking it digitally only on the Fruity Loops. And we're just doing stuff on the on the SP twelve hundred. I mean, you can even do stuff on the calculator. I mean, if, if it's dope, it's dope. It's it's the man behind the machine and not the machine that is doing right. it. Yeah. So, um, with the project that just came out, in good company. Do you guys have a favorite song off of it? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's real. Recognize real by J Live. It might be a tough choice. <laughs> but... It's, nah, it's for funny. me, nah. It's not really. It's not really. It's, it's funny. An easy it's, choice. <laughs> it's funny. I, I like. I like. I like most dance songs, and Dan most like my songs. Sometimes in, in on Soul Brothers stuff. So maybe okay. We we have a different look on our own stuff. Maybe it's okay. It's not uh, self loved stuff. So I love my songs much more than the yeah. other ones. So, <laughs> now okay, for I, me. I, so last last yeah. in the last day, somebody asked me. So I know a lot of people. They don't play as a DJ and producers. And I, I know from my from my buddy DJ Stylebros, he he uh, told me he don't play. He's a DJ and re- very famous producer, a producer and a DJ, very famous DJ. And he told me I never and I, I, I never play my own songs on a party. So, so I, if if I have a lot of bun, a, a, a bunch of songs <laughs> on my own, I will play my own songs. This is like DJ Premier uh, do. Right. So this is very normal for me. And this is very normal to like my own songs more than maybe Pete Rock songs. So, and this yeah. is why I'm doing music. So. Anyone else have a favorite off the album? Yeah, well, to me, it is definitely real, recognized real, the song that that bass produced and uh, where uh, J Live is featured, and that beat is just—I mean, I got goosebumps like after a few seconds. So that beat has so much soul; it's really crazy. I mean, it's a—it's a pretty. I'm not saying a, a easy to uh, produce beat, but I mean, it's so minimalistic and has so much soul. It's really wonderful. It's uh, to me, it's a. It's a, a piece of art. <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no doubt. No, no. Yeah, and I like I like the Q and C song much. So I, I love. <laughs> this is my album favorite too. Like uh, my album favorite is the Q and C song, and um, I had a discussion with with Dan lately, and um, I told him I'm li- listening to all the Soul Brother stuff <laughs> once in a while because uh, before we connected, uh, I was actually a Soul Brother fan. And um, oh, cool. yeah, I, I really like uh, like I uh, I like the so I think uh, when it comes to like the final product, the final beat, I still have to learn a little bit more to get on you guys' level. Um, but um, yeah, I, nah, I'm really I don't think, man, you're just on that level. You're just on your own level for real. I mean, hold on, hold on. Different. I never heard. Different. 
Do you have a favorite no, Soul I Brothers I never heard track? a beat from you that is whack. Um, Rockwell, I'm, do you I'm have sorry, a favorite Kirk. from them? Um, uh, it's like, um, I don't know the name. It's like the um, the last one you did with Q&C before, um, where you did the video with Large Professor. Uh, what's the name? Oh, who's 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 next? Oh, ah, or oh, with Large Pro, it's uh, Beats by the Pound. Beats, uh, Beats. Anna, I, I think it's I think it's who's next. This is one of who's my next? favorite. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is one of my yeah. favorite so uh, so uh, brother songs. But I mean, they're all dope. Uh, I have a certain. Um, I like more the 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 things that go pretty fast forward, sample wise, and like more really energetic. I'm not like the chill chilled beat kind of dude so uh most of the times my favorites are more uh, rather the the songs that really smash so yeah i might be biased but because m dot's a good friend of mine but i i really like the m dot track i don't know who produced that one it's from rockwell is that this, this song has a lot of energy this is what he told us that yeah. what he likes so this and then we, we we can feel it we can feel it well, right said. when you right when you turn that track on, it just like it, it just hits right away. Right, yeah, it has so much cojones. It's crazy. That's a real banger. That's I mean that that song should be like the first song in every M dot live show. If he plays that song at the beginning of every live show, man, the crowd. Have you guys will, all will met M dot in person? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, let let me start, guys, because uh, um. <laughs> Mike has been <laughs> at my crib like two times in 2018 when he had uh, shows in Europe and he was here like a month ago with Core. Uh, we have Core on the album as well. And they, um, Mike stayed at my crib in 2018 and this time I organized uh, uh, an apartment for the guys too. And so yeah, and we also did a video uh, for... Um, uh, one of the tracks uh, we've done for my uh, last album, Still Loving Boom Bap. Um, and we did the video in Munich too. Um, yeah, I definitely know him in person, yes. I wrote with him like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shout out to M-Dot. You guys know him as well, Dan? M-Dot! No, I never met him in person before, but I'm hoping one day I can make it happen. Yeah, this will be, will be fine as a so. Yeah, it works without knowing right, know right. somebody in, in real. So, but but it works. So now it's it's a mood and the feeling all right, and then it works. But um, it's honestly it's hard to pick a favorite production wise on this album because just listening through every song, it's it's one of those albums where you turn it on. It's like it's like listening to Soul Survivor from Pete Rock for the first time. Mm -hmm. You're just like mm -hmm. this is really good production. Wow, here, that's a know? crazy compliment, man. Thank you. Like a, you can, thank you, you thank can you. tell just from one listen through. Like these guys really, really know what they're doing with the production. So um, I mean, I like every track so far, and um, hopefully you guys do a few more videos. I know you just uh, M dot did the video for Toil. Just came out a few days ago, I think. Did you see yes. the Q and C video for Classic Position? That was dope too. I think I probably did. Um, I listen to a lot of music throughout the week, just from the other show I do. And I, I know I I had that song for for a few weeks now. So, but I think I did watch it. Um, is this a one shot project for you guys, or do you have other songs that you're going to be putting out together? You think? 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should. <laughs> Me too. Me maybe too. We should today. do a sequel. Yeah, it I'm, sounds. It sounds like we should do a sequel. <laughs> I thought about it too today, guys. And actually, I think. I mean, um, what what took like two years for for this project was kind of like the COVID situation with the video thing. Um, but actually, if we decide to do another project like in this size, like uh, uh, um, the amount of songs. And, and I was, the, the reception uh, of the album is really crazy. I mean, uh, I sent it to my colleagues from work as well. And, I, and some of them are really fans now. <laughs> They're listening to the album the whole day. Um, and um, the feedback is really positive. And, and from my side, I would definitely like to do, so, do another one. So. But only yep. Rockwell, if you can do your own scratches on your own song. <laughs> oh, so this gun, this is not, it's not happening too soon. <laughs> you have to step up your <laughs> DJ game. Yeah. So, on this project, did you guys use all the songs that you made together, or is there any songs that were left off? No, I, I think that that were all the songs that we that we used so far. I mean, we just um, separated. Oh no, we just not we're not separated. We just uh, decided to put on only the greatest beats that we had during that time or some of our greatest beats so we already like you know did a um yeah we already this dis decided for the best beats during the the beginning when we started that project so that's what it was really we don't have, it, yeah. it was really important that we put a lot of songs together or a lot of uh, ideas um in the cup to 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 realize what's what match which songs matching together matching so, so that that's if if that 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 we have a product that sounds like okay this there's only one producer in the back so it is not it makes not sense that we are too far away with our beats but it's yeah as it works well so and i hope the next uh, so rocker project uh, yeah, we'll start. So you guys have all worked with a lot of great artists. Um, is there anyone you'd love to get on a future project that you haven't been able to connect with yet? Well, to me, it was, I, I mean, I, I would love to hear Pete Rock ramming on one of my beats. That would be something uh, that, that would be great. And of course, uh, a lot of legends that are not here anymore, like Guru, Big L. All of these great artists, and um, I don't know, maybe Freddie Freddie Fox. He's he's a really underrated, crazy MC. We met him in uh, Germany at a live show. He's a very humble guy, and yeah, that would be like my wish list. If you ask me for the top three MCs, it would be Pete Rock and uh, Guru. He's not here anymore, and Freddie Fox. Um, for, for my next project, uh, I'll be releasing an album with uh, Emma Lee, uh, a female artist uh, from from New York. She's crazy creative, uh, crazy, crazy female MC. And I fulfilled um, like two of my dream features uh, on that one. So um, you, sh you should stay tuned <laughs> for that <laughs> because we're bringing one legend uh back uh it's a female uh, mc this is what i can tell you and um and she she wasn't really active like the last years but uh we are kind of bringing her back mm. with a feature all right what about you based 
there's a, a, I think it's just a, it's the support of each other. I like to to work with guys we have and we have worked in the past, like like Black Poet or Craig G with, with uh, the Soul Brother projects, and that's that's what I like to maybe in the next for the next Soul Rocker or Soul Brother thing, then we can re reactivate it. Now he, they they still doing stuff, so but they reactivate it in a combination of Soul Brother and maybe Black Poet, for example, or Craig G. We 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 made a lot of nice stuff with Craig G or Q and C again. Well I, I like these guys and why why not um for the next project as a project as well. So yeah. So I got just a few more questions and we'll wrap it up. Um I want to be respectful of you guys this time. Is there any albums you know like maybe from the nineties or eighties that came out and um you feel like they're classics production wise that maybe get slept on like I think of like uh, the main ingredient by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. I think of that as like may- maybe one of the best produced albums that no one ever mentions. Is there anything like that in your mind for you guys? Wow, so man, there were so many slept-on albums. I mean, even in the in the eighties, even in the mid to late eighties. I mean, yeah. it's tough to say, but um, yeah, I agree with the main ingredient. I mean. Um, I also agree with a lot of stuff that Pete Rock and CL did, and um, a lot of stuff of Gangsta. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Gangsta fan, Rockwell and B Bass as as well. And to me, well, in the last years, you know, I discovered so many albums from that era, like from the late '80s to uh, to the uh, to the '90s, that hadn't that much impact, like on your. I mean, not not even in the in the in the charts or even in the in the independent charts and i think there's so many to name and you should definitely go and dig a lot of stuff from that era because even if you think you heard a lot of stuff i'm sure that you're you'll still be able to discover so many gems yeah from my uh base did you want to start no i was off um, i haven't i have known um uh, I don't know the question. Uh, I guess, well, I guess another example I, I could use is like um, the third and fourth EPMD album. I, I feel like those are like two of the most slept on albums ever, you know, like production wise and just in general. Is there anything? Yeah, Eric Sermon. That, Eric Sermon, he's like such that? a great producer. He's, he's he's a machine. He's so funky. I mean, even his own his own solo albums, they were so dope. And he was he's so slept on and in every like top ten best hip hop producer of all time list, you can never see him in that list. So yeah, Eric Sermon definitely and Perry Smith, of course. These these two were monsters and they were like a big, big influence for me back in the days. Yeah, I mean the first few Redman albums are a perfect example of that, you know, with Eric Sermon. True. Yes, exactly, yeah. He was so funky, man. Eric Sermon, he's just uh He's just a soul brother, of course. He's funk soul Definitely. brother. He's like everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm Eric Sermon. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, that joint from the I think '98 album back in business, man. This is like one of my top five songs. You could play it on every yeah. every party. It's crazy, and people will jump. Um, it's but I'm uh, there. There's so much underrated stuff from the '90s, like uh, groups that only released like. Uh, uh, like two or three songs uh or where like the real un- underground heroes like 
Street Smarts, for example, is like one of my favorite groups. Like, I don't know if, if you, you guys yeah. know the songs uh, Don't Trust Anyone. Like, this is a crazy song. Right. And uh, there were so many groups like those uh, with like just a few songs uh, that were so underrated. And um, it's easy. Think, yeah. It's easy to name the, the to name the, the the famous guys. So okay, the famous guys are the famous guys. So they 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 made and make a lot of dope stuff. So but don't forget the underground artists um, that had maybe never had the chance to go back because they're underground. So like the freestyle professors, they made a lot of good stuff. Or the Frankenstein from Toronto. Oh, Frankenstein was crazy, yeah. Was yeah. a really, mm -hmm. really dope producer. Right. Mm. So um, we've all mentioned a lot of old school artists. Is there any new albums or artists that you guys really like from the last few years? I like the new Nas album. <laughs> yeah, I do too, definitely. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's, it's really dope. Uh, at first I was skeptical. Um, when he started like uh, the uh, partnership with uh, Hitboy, yeah. But I think it's it's a really. I mean, there's still like a few beats on that album which are not my kind, not my cup of tea. But there are others that really have like uh, what I expect, like the 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 melodies that catch you, like the soul. And this is why it's actually a really great album, although it's not like a real classic for me. Uh, like Ilmatic, where you don't skip any song. I skipped some some of the songs on the new album, not because of his verses, but because I don't really feel the beat. But it's like eighty percent dopeness for me, so it's a great album. What are you guys? Well, for me, it's definitely the good people. They're from New York. I don't know if you ever heard from them. They're yep. yeah. super funky, super soulful. And uh, I'm listening to a lot of new stuff like daily because uh, we're just running a radio station. It's called Backspin FM, where we just play soulful hip hop and, of course, classics and all that stuff. So I'm always, you know, um, I'm always here checking out the new releases to add them to our to our station. And there's a lot of stuff from the good people. And, yeah, you should definitely check check these check these guys out. And I'm and I'm also kind of uh, yeah I'm actually a fan of the whole Griselda thing like uh, Conway Westside Gun Benny Derringer I know uh, that you guys done bass it's uh, I think it's a little bit not not your cup of tea because it's really dark and slow beats but um, I totally feel like uh, uh, the Derringer production and um, I recently checked out uh, the album Black Vladimir by Mayhem Lauren um, and I think it was entirely produced by Derringer this is really dope this is really dope yeah you I'm know connected. who I like too with um, sorry who I like yeah. too with Griselda lately is uh, Conductor I don't know if you've heard any of his beats he was on uh, the new Rome Street as well uh, yeah, Rome yeah, Street I know him mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah he's good yes. sorry about that bass go yeah. ahead no problem um, yeah I'm connected to Dan so I like the good people stuff a, a lot in the, the last years and um, it's very soulful but I, I like the, the Evan and Phonics um, productions as, as similar to the good people stuff Evan and Phonics very nice dudes very n nice producing nice rap nice lyrics nice message this is what I feeling but in the last years I, I did my or I do my 
my German rap shows. There's a lot of nice, really good, uh, talented producers out there here in Germany. So, um, yeah, there's uh, I can name I can name a lot of them. They don't nobody know this in in the U.S. But uh, very very talented. Um, yeah, they 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 crazy. There's a All lot right, potential so, there. Um, I have one more question, but first, can you guys let people know where they can find you online and give any shout outs you might have? Yeah, you can just find us on every platform out there. Basically, when you want to check out our music, we're on every streaming service. And you can find us on Instagram. We don't have a like a, a, um, a artist profile. We're just, we're just there by ourselves. So it's Rockwell Beats, Boogie Down Bass, and myself, 12 Finger Dan. And of course, check our videos on YouTube, Classic Position, featuring QNC and MDOT with Toil. How about you guys? Any shout outs? Yeah, from I think we can also shout out like uh, AppRock. He's our promoter. Uh, he's actually like connected with the Snowgoons. He does uh, all the Snowgoons promotion and he does a great job in uh, promoting the album as well. Also, peace to MDOT and also Rev, uh, you know, Revelation. He's from EMS too. He is uh, also a promoter and he helps in promoting the album in the States too. And peace to Vidart Department, to Franjo, to our label, and yeah, to all the MCs that are featured, Will Deluxe, Will, um, Great Track 2, and um, I think we all have like personal connections to the to the MCs on the album, so peace to all of them. Yeah, I come back to Vidart Department, that's, that's the guys, they help us to release on vinyl that's uh, that's a typical soul brother thing so not no no music release without vinyl this is a hard thing and nowadays uh, for everybody releasing and uh, distribute vinyl but uh, yeah there's uh, these these guys from uh, compost records and beat art department they um, they feeling us and helping us and uh, shout outs to these guys and shout outs to all the artists that we've worked so far and shout outs to all the people out there who are loving this music and who are our soul brother you know like I, like i told you everybody that has the same state of mind is our soul brother and of course shouts to craig marshall for having us here germany romania in the building Achtung, all right so uh, <laughs> i like to end with this question lately is um do you have a top five favorite albums of all time Wow, impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to name these because I mean, even if I name now my top five, if I wake up tomorrow, I will, I will have another top five on it. It's it's really in crazy, every, every, impossible. In, in every period, in every time, or the rap period, in the old school, maybe it's maybe it's a message, and the, in the golden era, maybe it's that's a Sonic in full gear, and then boom bap era, mm. it's, it's maybe a moment of truth, but at the uh, Dan uh, said it's it's impossible. So I think I think tomorrow. Well, I would say I would say one record that is that will be one hundred percent in my all time favorite top three list, or maybe top two, or maybe top one, 
is one song by the Honey Drippers in Peace to President. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a funk song. I mean, but basically it's hip hop because that 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 uh, drum break in the beginning was sampled one million times, and it's it's a it's a perfect. I mean, it's it's not even funk anymore. It's basically it's boom bap. If you listen to yeah. that first to that first uh, drum break, uh, uh, I feel like that was the Nautilus beginning. too. That's it. Yeah. Like you listen to it, not unless to it. Yes, yeah, it's all hip hop yeah. songs. Mm -hmm. Bob, Bob James. Yeah. I mean, Bob and James even James crazy. Brown. You can Bob James, James Brown, Quincy Jones. A uh, lot, Roy, of, lot of good. Roy AS two. Roy AS two is it's crazy, man. Do you guys still do a lot of digging? Oh yeah, for, like in of record course. stores. Yes, yeah. yes. I really, I really love these uh, cheapo crates. So like all these cheap records. I mean, nowadays. All these record stores, they know what vinyls they have and what they are worth. So I'm always expecting to find a good record for cheap in those crates where you just, you know, just have to have to bend over and just hurt your knees <laughs> and where you get all that, you know, where you get that dusty, dusty fingers from. But I mean, if, if you get a great record for like one or two euros or like yeah. one or two bucks, I mean, it's a great, great find. And I, I have a lot of stuff on my want list, but. If I if I find these records like on a on a regular basis, like in these in these stores where they in these shelves where they know what prices to charge, then I'm not willing to pay like sixty or eighty bucks for a for an album oh, yeah. that I was looking for. So I'm just you know I'm just waiting. I mean, I don't know. Maybe one one time I will find it in New York when I'm digging somewhere. And uh, so, no rush. <laughs> yeah, digging, digging in the crates is like a hobby. So it's a, it's a hobby. It's an experience. Unless to save money and, and find the sure shot, you don't know. So that in, the, in the cheapo crates and in the cheapo crates, sometimes there there are no record players to listen to the, the songs or, or the one dollar crates or one euro or two euro crates. The owners of the store saying, "Okay, you can listen to the most worth um, records, but not the cheapo crates." And that's that's it's fun. So it's not only digging for, yeah, for the for stuff. So it's, it's only to to come together. And sometimes, okay, it's not much in the last time. So if we go together, me and Dan, so it's, it's fun and picking picking the songs and picking the, the records. Yeah, and, and like uh, Diamond D said on uh, Digging in the Crates, that track from Showbiz and AG, he said, buying old records is a habit. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good song. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining me and taking the time out of your night. I know we're on a really different time schedule, but I really like the new album. I'm definitely going to be listening to it a lot. And uh, I just really appreciate this music you've put out so far that I've heard. And I'm going to go back and check out some of the old records. Um, I imagine you guys have a lot of music that's not on um, streaming out there somewhere. Maybe you can send me some links if you have some old uh, stuff on YouTube or anything like that. But um, just keep yeah, sure. doing what you're doing and just keep me posted, please. And, and uh, we'd all like to hear another album for you, from you guys. So hopefully you can start doing that soon. Yes. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thanks right, for having guys. us. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks. Peace. All right, peace out. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye-bye. The, 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 the,